Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. Today is Children's Day, but I'm not talking to children, I'm talking to parents or would-be parents. So I'm going to speak to us even though I will talk about children. And it's quite instructive for us because God wants us to be ready for the next generation. I gave a testimony of how my mother would spend about five hours every day praying for her five children. One hour for one child. Every day. And every child turned out to serve the Lord, you know, because of the investment spiritually that was put into each child. Um, my three sisters are, by the grace of God, ministers of the gospel, and they minister in their different places where they are. Two of them are in the U.S. now. One is in Mexico as a doctor. The last is a doctor in Mexico. And uh, my brother here, of course, the bishop. I'm the pastor. He's the bishop. So the bishop, Nate, serves also here in the church and does a lot of behind-the-scene work. You know, but using the life of we pastor's kids, there is a tendency for pastor's children to go the left because you are trying to react in some way to um, the, con the, con the confinements of what your parents would do and the expectations of people from you. Um, it can be a lot of pressure for a pastor's kid and um, they already see themselves as different. So there is the tendency to want to over push and go far left. That's why you hear many times that pastor's kids are the worst kids. But I thank God for the labor of the word of God you know, from my parents, and it has paid up uh, today because each and every one of us are all serving the Lord and doing it diligently. Now, your kids don't have to be pastor's kids because you may not be a pastor, but you are a minister and you're a believer. So this is not an exclusive preserve of a pastor. I've realized that you can only teach what you know, but you would only give birth to who you are. So who you are is a function of what you have imbibed over the years, what you have come to learn over the years. That's who you are. It, it, your mentality has been formed. That's who you are. So sometimes your actions may not be consistent with who you are because you're probably trying to pretend or act a drama or act a script, but who you are is always going to show up. And guess what? Children always pay attention to not just what you say, but what you do. So that's children for you. And the first thing I want to talk about today is, number one, children are a gift from the Lord. I want you to write that one down. In Psalms chapter 127 verse 3, children are a gift from the Lord. It says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. So children are a gift. Somebody say children are gifts. Now, um, don't consider or don't define the gift 
by circumstances or situations. And I'm saying this because there are some parents who are single parents here. Um, you're not married, but you have a child. Probably have a child out of wedlock. Hey, listen to me. Your child is a gift from God. Satan doesn't give babies. Satan doesn't give babies. So defining your child from a mistake or from something that you felt shouldn't have happened is a wrong way to see your child. Every child born is a gift. This is not to perpetuate wrongdoings and fornication or adultery, but that it has happened already and you have a child out of wedlock, your child is a gift. And probably you are a, a, mo a mother who has a child and probably the husband left or listen, your child is a gift. So the focus here is that the Bible says my child is a gift. Children are a gift from the Lord and we must see them that way. Somebody say amen. Second Timothy chapter 3 from verse 16 and verse 17. We're going to read from there. I want to show you the instrument for what you would require for training a child. <clears throat> the instrument for training a child. Second Timothy chapter 3 from verse 16 and verse 17. Oh, hallelujah. No, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, and then verse 17. Yes. It says, all scripture, let's read it together if you will, one to go. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, it says, no, no, stay in verse, we're going to stay in verse, okay, let's just read verse 17 and we'll come back to verse 16. That's fine. Go to verse 17. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Let's go back to verse 16. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. Use the amplified version. I want to show you something there. For verse 16, yes. Every scripture is God breathed, breathed, given by his inspiration and profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline in obedience and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose and action. So the Bible here says that your weapon for training, your weapon for correction, your weapon for obedience is the scripture. Is the scripture. So the Bible remains the tool for instrument in training the kids. It remains the most potent tool. Um, your experience is good, but not better than the word of God. So you must learn how to grow in the word of God. I'm trying to paint a perspective here that the training for your children doesn't happen when you have children. 
the training for your children happens right now, even before you get married, or even before you have children after you're married. Because the training for your children has everything to do with who you are now. So your children are going to be a replication of who you are and um, what you know, what you have imbibed over the years, what you have come to learn. That's why it's important to have a mindset that has convictions on the foundation of the word of God. A lot of us were trained unknowingly by the experience that happened in our families apart from the things that our parents said to us. Can I say that again? Your parents did not just train you by what they said to you, but they trained you by what you saw happen in your home. So the things that happened in your family were the things that constituted your training. It formed your mentality. So if you're going to train your children very well, then it means that you're training yourself that you are an embodiment of everything the word of God depicts. Somebody say amen. amen. Proverbs chapter 22 from verse 6. Let's read that together. The amplified version. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go and in keeping with his individual gift or bent. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. The Bible says, train up a child in the way the child should go. Don't train up a child in the way you want, but train up a child in the way the child should go. There were certain things that the angel of the Lord said to Mary about her son that was going to be born Jesus. And she knew that this child is different. And every training that Mary would give to Jesus, it had to be in conformity to what the angel had already told her. So you're training up your child in the way the child should go. In other words, you are identifying who your child is by the Holy Spirit. You may have four kids, for example, the four children are very different. And you must have the ability to see the children for who God has called the children to be. Is somebody here with me now? So you must have that intuitive nature as a mother, as a father, as an individual to look at your child and know this is the bent. This is the gifting or this is the area that I believe, okay, that I believe God wants me to train up my child. And the word of God is something that never fails. You raise your child in a godly way. You speak the word of God to your child day and night, morning and afternoon. Uh, you know, like I keep saying, it's harder in this generation to be a believer than it is to be 20 years ago. You, you understand what I'm saying? So there are more options right now. There are more distractions right now. There are more... Uh, um, um, <laughs> the atmosphere is just toxic Right? You see a three-year-old child and what that child knows will surprise you. What that child already knows. Five-year-old boy, five, six-year-old girl, what she knows will surprise you. A friend of mine was telling me, we went to Port Harcourt some weeks ago and he was telling me, he said, he came back to his room. I know, he just, he knocked at his daughter's room. 
his daughter is about four or five. Uh, she didn't hear because she was playing music. So he entered into her room and he saw her twerking, you know, and he, he was so upset. He went to meet his wife and says, can you imagine what's going on here? He said, are you aware of this? And the question they were both asking themselves is, where did she pick that from? Right? So the point is that she, she's going to pick it from everywhere. Because everywhere is toxic. But you see, the word that comes from you as a parent must be stronger. Okay? Must be potent enough that builds the foundation of your child. That whether it is abroad, he goes or she goes or she's born in. She's not influenced by the culture of the time. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Train up a child in the way he should go. Whether it is in Nigeria, she's living. Whether it is in Ghana, she's living. She's not influenced by the culture of the times. Are you getting what I'm saying? So train up a child in the way the child should go and in keeping with his individual gift. You know, talking about John, John the Baptist, he had a peculiar gift from God that he was going to be the preparer of um, the way for the master. And the Bible says that John the Baptist will be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. And I read also in the scripture that Elizabeth had to be filled with the Holy Spirit to train up a child who was already filled of the Holy Spirit. Because for you to train up a child in the gifting of the child, you need the leading of the Holy Spirit. So fathers, please listen to me today. Mothers, listen to me today. If you want to bring out the best in your children, learn to lean on the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will tell you every given time how to bring up your child. What to say to your child. How to raise your child. The Holy Spirit will do that. The Holy Spirit will give you peculiar directions for that one child of yours. Hallelujah. So he says, straight up a child on the way the child should go. And in keeping with his individual gift of Ben. And when he is old, he will not depart. I hope the point here is very clear. Don't train up the child from your, because of, with your own experience. Don't use your own failings and your dysfunctional experience to train up your own child. Learn to use the word of God as the basis to training up your own child. Because there are a lot of things that you don't want to replicate in your children. Talk to me somebody. There are so many things that you want to see your children do way better than you. So what is the best way to do? The word of God is powerful for correction, for reproof, for instruction, training in righteousness. So use the Bible. Use the Bible. Use the Bible. In those days, my parents made us memorize scriptures. We did it with the head. But after, we, after a while, we grew up and it came into the heart. You see what I'm saying? So now, all these kids who memorize scriptures today, that, that, that's what they, they do. They, it may not be a revelation yet, but as they grow, because they have memorized it, it will become a part of them. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know what David said? He says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. So parents, hide the word of God in the heart of your children. If you're going to make them read books, make sure that they read the Bible too. Read the Bible and read books. Read the Bible and read books. Be vast in your knowledge. Make them vast in their knowledge, okay? Um, buy things that would expand their gifts. Do that for them. But also the Bible. The scripture remains the basis for the foundation of every child. Say amen, somebody. 
And of course, we know that the scripture in the sense of the gospel, that's why Pastor Chibuzo and all the um, uh, teachers of the children's school or children's class, they're intentional about the word of God that is being taught to the kids. And we're developing, I think we're almost done with that. If, I, if Pastor Shola is, uh, gave me the correct information, we're developing a curriculum for the children that they follow um, so that they are properly trained in the gospel. And that's so potent because many of us found the gospel 25 years after. We grew up not, eat, not having milk. We grew up eating Isam as babies instead of milk. And you know the Bible says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. So some of us did not start with the grace of God. We didn't start with the gospel. We started with law. We started with performance. But when a child already knows who he is in Christ, that's powerful. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's powerful. My last uh, sister, Dami, medical, the, the one who is a doctor, she was harassed by a, a member of another church because then in Kano we used to have this thing called Can Week of Prayer where all the churches in Kano would gather in one church at the beginning of the year to pray in regards to the next coming months or the end of the year. And um, so all churches. So there was someone who saw her sitting down with her earrings and of course, she had her hair open. She was also listening to the word. So the lady behind her wrote a letter and said, as a sister who calls herself a Christian, you are not supposed to wear earrings and leave your hair without covering. And then she passed it through the usher and gave it to her. So my sister, then she was about nine years old. She was nine years old. She opened it and took her own pen and wrote at the back, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And then she returned it back to the woman. The woman read it and faced her front. Because how do you respond to, because I, you gave me scripture, I gave you scripture back. Train up a child in the way he should go. Because when you build foundation for your child, Look, nobody would bamboozle your children. And guess what? Our children are going to lead tomorrow. Whether we like it or not, they will lead tomorrow, but they must be grounded in the word. Say amen, someone. So let's see another verse. Proverbs chapter 1 from verse 8 to 9. Proverbs chapter 1 from verse 8 to 9. It says, my son, hear the instruction of your father. Reject not the... Reject not, nor forsake the teaching of your mother. Reject not the teaching of your mother. Let's see verse 9. For they are a victor's chaplet or garland, or grace of grace upon your head, and chains and pendants of gold worn by kings for your neck. So you see, this is how priceless training is. Training is so potent. But you see, parents, you have to train yourself. You have to train yourself. You have to become what you want your kids to be and more. That thing you desire for your children to be, you have to be it. If you want your children to love the right things, start loving the right things yourself. If you want your children to love the word of God, you love the word of God. If you want your children to learn how to pray, you learn how to pray. 
I got filled with the Holy Ghost at the age of nine. At the age of nine, I was already speaking in tongues. At the age of nine, I was already speaking. In, at the age of six and seven, with our big trousers, dirty shoes with Pastor Shola. And um, yeah, Pastor Victor joined us when we were teenagers. Pastor Shola was there, myself, and uh, you know, some of us will come and we'll sing, we are young believers, we believe it. Some are going this way, some are going that way. By the time we're all supposed to leave the stage, half of us have gone here, the other half have gone to start playing with the keyboard <laughs> while on stage. But you see, all those things, they helped us. They helped us. Those exposures to the word of God, they helped form our minds. Those things, those days where we were in church and we didn't even understand what the pastor was saying, it was still potent for us because they were pictures for us. I just told you about a meeting I went for um, the 30th year anniversary, right? One of the pastors who was invited, Pastor Amechi of Christ Embassy, Port Harcourt, he pastors a very mighty church. He was way my senior. He was almost done with secondary school. I was just entering secondary school. You know, this was sometime in 1995 or so. And the moment I saw him that day, my father sent the driver, take Phil, Priscilla to the fellowship, the student fellowship. So we left the house, we went. And that was the only time I saw him. The moment I saw him, that's Pastor Major. the moment I saw him, it was, he became my picture for ministry. Something connected in my heart that this is what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. I was 11 at the time. Did I just give my age away? It doesn't matter. I was 11 at the time. And I saw him and I knew my spirit told me. It's the Holy Spirit that told me. I'm just in my spirit. The Holy Spirit told me, you see the way he is. You're going to model after this man. That's how you are going to be. So apart from my parents, he became my first picture for ministry. Now, many of you don't know that you are the pictures for many of those kids. Some of them come, they play after the service, they see you. It might just be a smile. It might just be a smile. It might be a, a, a love, a hug expression from you. You give them a picture of how to treat people. It, it might be, um, it, you know, I know I'm mo model for some of them. Is that, but some of them already are training to become preachers just because they see Pastor Phil makes preaching look cool. Right? Look how quiet you guys are. Are you jealous? What's going on? Are you guys quiet? What's the matter here? <clears throat> you know, in those days where you watch, where you see pastors and you're like, nah, I don't think I want to be a pastor. But today, pastors are cool. You know, my wife, in her wildest imagination, she never believed that she would marry anything near, <laughs> near pastor. But we are more than conquerors. Through Christ, I conquered and I took over. I pursued and I I recovered all. Boregi baya. I get to what I'm saying. So some of you never know how much of potent pictures you are for those kids. You know, they see your devotion for church. They see how you love the Lord. They are watching. They see how you take the things of God. They are watching. They see how you um, love people, how you treat people, they are watching. So it's not just what you say to them. So the instruction of the father and the training of the mother, these are the values, these are the things that constitute what you will call 
the medals of a child in the future. Can I say something and just pray for you? That God will give you children you'll be proud of. I don't think some of you know the, the importance of this prayer I just made. I said God will give you children that you would be proud of. Your children will not bring headache to you. When I got to Kano, my father looked at me and, you know, sometimes his joy, the joy I see on his face, just seeing me come back from Abuja, and that joy sometimes wants to break me down to cry because he's so happy to see me. He's, you know, sometimes he can't even hide it. The joy of a father. You know what I'm saying? So I, I know what I'm saying because by the grace of God, God helped me to be a blessing to my parents. And that's the way we all are supposed to be to our parents and our children to us. Say amen, someone. So let's see another scripture on training. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 24. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 24. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to be closing in a few minutes. He who spares his rod. Let's read this together. Of discipline hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines diligently and punishes. Somebody say early. early. The time where you want to, you see, you don't teach someone how to use right hand at the, at old age. It's early. It's early. A key word there is early. There are some patterns, dysfunctional patterns that you may see in your children. Don't fall into the trap where, because there must be a balance. There's a difference between abuse and training. I'm not saying abuse your children by discipline or with the rod. But I'm saying that you train them. So don't, don't say because I don't want to abuse, I'm not going to train. Or don't say because, um, um, yeah, <laughs> you understand the logic in your mind, right? Good. So don't say my training is abuse. And don't say because I don't, want to, I don't want to abuse, I'm not going to train. So you have to be in the balance. And the training is with the word of God. Sometimes you have to discipline them with a rod. Sometimes you have to, um, you have to be hard on them. You must be able to balance appeal and being firm with them. Sometimes you, may, you should be able to look at them and firmly with a strong word. And a strong voice speak to your children. Sometimes you should be able to do that. And then you must balance it with love. Praise God. Oh, my father really did that when we were growing up. But we thought he hated us, but he didn't. He loved us. So he who the father loves, he chastises. He who spares his rod of discipline, not rod of hmm? abuse, but discipline hates his son. I love my baby. You don't correct him. You don't love your baby. No, you don't. If you don't give correction to your son, to your daughter, you don't love that son. You don't love that daughter. So you have to learn how to correct. And when you have done that, you balance it with very strong love. So it's just like, um, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod for discipline, thy staff to rescue, 
to draw back and say, I love you. Okay, so don't do it the way you probably have experienced it, that all you experience from your father is knock. <laughs> you know, the highest degree of knock is conk. There's a difference between knock and conk. When you are knocked, sometimes you expect it, but when you are conked, it comes. <laughs> suddenly. <laughs> That's where you hear words like suddenly. <laughs> and they will think you will just be dead, you'll be seeing stars. It's as if they are calling you, but nobody's calling you. <laughs> so he who spares his rod of discipline hates his son, but he who loves him, what? Disciplines diligently, not once in a while. My father was very hard on me. So at first, I, I thought he doesn't like me. I thought he didn't like me. There was a time I felt, ah, is it that daddy doesn't like me? But am I not a proud son? Sometimes he would come and say, you are not diligent. I said, I hope me. <laughs> but I didn't know that he was preparing me. He, you know, when I, when I said, after I finished my med school, I started making some money. Even when I came to Abuja, I just made little money. Met a man, the man favored the favor of God. I don't know if I've told you the story before. And then I started ministry. I told myself, I'm not going to ask for help from my dad. I'm not going to ask for the mother church to send contribution here. Let me prove my ministry. If God really called me, the one who has called me will sustain the work. I started 19 people. 19 people sometimes will drop to 15. But we just kept on, kept on. How we're going to pay for the next, we don't know. But we just kept on in faith. Amen. And you see, that was also training. My father would tell the, uh, the people in our kind of church, I don't want to push Phil in your face. So they are the ones who are now asking for me. Say, Daddy, we don't even want guest speaker. We want Phil to be coming. So my dad said, no, he can't be coming all the time because there's work he's doing in Abuja. He has TSP in Abuja, so he can't be coming every time. Now they are the ones asking. But it was a training that he gave me. So it looked as if I was alone for a while, but he was training me. And I felt that scourging loneliness sometimes, but it was training. So you must do it diligently and early. Somebody say diligently and early. Tell your neighbor diligently and early. So that's how you train your, your kids. Praise God. The joy of every parent is to see that your children become everything the word of God has transcribed in their spirit. That's the joy. Third John chapter 1 verse 4. I'm going to show you this. Third John chapter 1 and verse 4. It says, I have no greater joy than this to hear that my spiritual children are living their lives in the truth. You can, you can import this to be your biological children. I have no greater joy. Look, you haven't seen joy yet. Just wait till your kids grow up. And you see them doing the will of God, excelling in what they are called to do. Some of you bring joy already to your parents. You already see what joy that gives your parents. You're going to experience it yourself. If you receive the word, say amen well. Praise God. So, since I have no greater joy than this, to hear that my children are living their lives in the truth. So, you must be full of the truth. As a parent, as a single lady, 
Don't say, I'm going to wait till I get married. <laughs> if you wait till you get married, don't think, people don't easily change you. Can I just say this to you? It is the word of God that changes people. People don't easily change. But when people open themselves to the word of God, that's when they change. You see? So, if you are loving the wrong things now, you are laying foundation for a dysfunctional training system that you are supposed to have as a parent. You don't want that. You don't want that. Be a man of, be a man of your word. If you're not a man of your word, learn to be a man of your word for your child's sake. Not that, uh, Junior, I'm going to be at your games event or whatever it is or I'll, I'll be there for your uh, birthday in school and you won't show up and then Junior gets used to mm, daddy said he's coming but I know he's not coming that's not a good thing you know that's not a good thing that's not a good way don't say it doesn't matter those little things see let me tell you something what shapens the head and the mindset of children are not big things but small things so those small things that you say it doesn't matter, they matter a lot. They matter a lot. Ladies, how you treat your husband, your children are watching. Husband, how you treat your wives, your children are watching. Both your boys and girls, they are looking at it. Because they can have, both of them can have a negative reaction to how you have treated each other. So you see, you being better and you being whole is foundation for your children. Say amen to somebody. Okay. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 17. Oh my goodness. The SMT keep giving me bad clock for the last three weeks now and nothing has changed. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 17. Correct your son. That clock is showing to 12. Correct your son and he will give, your, he will give you rest. Yes, he will give you delight to your heart. So your son will give you rest but you must correct him. Say amen, somebody. Let's quickly wrap this up. I didn't even know time is fast spent like this. Um, tell your neighbor, don't provoke your children. Please write this one down. I will not provoke my children. Not even say, say it after me. I say, write it down. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. Let's look at that. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. Don't provoke your children. Don't say because you are parents, you, 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 you can't provoke them. No. Sometimes we parents are wrong. Okay? So you must learn how to be humble enough to say, I'm sorry for doing this. You must learn how to say, I'm sorry to your kids. Okay? There are some proud men and women who can never tell anybody, I'm sorry. God begins to help you from now. Amen. That's what we're going it says, fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment, but rear them tenderly in the training and discipline and the counsel and admonition of the Lord. Look, you don't need to provoke your, you don't need to anger your child to provoke your child. That's not just what provoking means. Provoking can also mean when you allow your negative experience train your child. You are provoking your child to resentment. That's, that's wrong training. 
So make sure that your admonition to your child is not my personal experience or the way you are. Because sometimes your children would always reflect who you are. But please, please, I want to beg you, make sure that your kids reflect the admonition of the Lord. Say amen, someone. So don't provoke or don't irritate them. Don't do that. Don't do that. You want to you shield your children from things that you are struggling with. Rather show them the word of God. Show them the word of God. Amen somebody. If you're dealing with unforgiveness, your child will become unforgiving. It's just a matter of time. If you're dealing with stubbornness, if you're dealing with... Uh, you're just very wicked. You don't care about your family. You don't care about your wife. You don't care about your son. You don't care about your daughter. Your child is seeing it. It's either he reacts it to it from the back or he becomes exactly like it. So it's either he begins to see, you know, um, he sees it from, from a negative perspective. I'll give you an example. Um, a lady who is reacting to the easiest example in my head now, a lady who is reacting to her father's lack of care and love for her mother and her child may have a different resistance that is not healthy for men so that even when her own time comes to be married, it might become a stronghold. Um, on the other hand, she may also be afraid to be in anything that has a reaction. I mean, anything that has to do with relationship or... So you have to be careful. So that what you're doing is not forming the template. Father and mother is always quarreling in the house, always shouting, doors are banging. Your children are having panic attacks and you don't know. Because they may never say it out. But they tell their friends. I wake up in the morning and I just say, bam! I don't even know what it is, but it just happens to me every month. I feel that way. You see, they are reacting to something that has been going on in the house. And then the boy begins to also lay hands on his wife. So you see, <laughs> it begins from the home. It all starts from the home. So you have to make sure that you don't provoke your children with your actions, with what you do, with what they see. I never saw, this is by the grace of God and it's not a means to be proud, okay? But I never saw my parents quarrel. Not one day. Not one day. I am Getting old, getting older, I've never seen them quarrel one day. But today, husband and wife will quarrel in the midst of the children, in the presence of the kids. You don't want that to happen. So there has to be, because you are careful of their pictures, you don't want them to have pictures that are wrong and misleading. You and your wife may have legitimate issues that needs to be sorted out, but there must be wisdom in how, how to go about those Issues. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you must be careful so that your children don't have wrong pictures of what you and your wife are trying to deal with. Amen. Then lastly, is a prayer for you. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 13. All your children shall be taught by the Lord. Say amen to that. Amen. And great shall be the peace. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 13. Oh, hallelujah. And all your Children, spiritual children, shall be disciplined, taught by the Lord, and obedient to his will. And great shall be the peace and undisturbed composure of your children. Who says amen to that? Amen. 
Now listen to me, everyone. There is no amount of training you give your child that is sufficient enough for that child. There is a dimension of what the Lord does for your child. And that's why the place of prayer is very important. Lord, what I cannot teach my child, what I cannot teach my son, I want you by yourself to teach him. I want you by yourself to teach her. To teach her. So all our children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of our children. Somebody say amen. amen. Back then when I was growing up, I could just hear words in my ear, you know, saying to me, Phil, you cannot be in a certain way because to whom much is given, much is expected. These kind of heavy words were coming into my spirit from the age of 12. I didn't have the normal teenage experience. But I think and I know that it was because of the call of God upon my life. I didn't, I didn't have those experiences. I didn't have girlfriends in secondary school. Not even in the university. It was until I was leaving the university I had, I had my first relationship. So I was just in two relationships until I found my beautiful wife. Amen. But you see, the point I'm trying to make here is that God was teaching me by himself. He was telling me what to do and what not to do because my father was not even present. One day we came back from school and you know, my sister and I, we heard that my father was trying. In fact, he came to pick us up from secondary school and said he just came to say goodbye. I said goodbye to where? Yeah, you travel, you come back now. Which one is goodbye? So, but he went to the U.S., didn't come back again. We had never been without daddy for three months. Six months passed, he didn't show up. One year passed, two years passed, we didn't see him. So that was when we later realized that, oh, the government advised him to travel. People wanted to kill him in Kano because of this gospel that he's preaching. So he went to the U.S., focused on our two churches in the U.S. And didn't come back for four years. So how would I have been, right, without the training and instruction of a father for four years who wasn't even present? The Lord was teaching me. All your children shall be taught by the Lord. Look, some of you are so busy. The things you do, you don't even have the time to say you want to say everything you want to say to your kids. But you must be able to trust the Lord to teach them and to guide them. All your children shall be taught by the Lord. And great shall be the peace of your children. Can you lift up your hands and pray for your children? Whether you have or you don't have, just pray for them. That God keeps them. Okay, speak into your future. Speak to your unborn son. Speak to your unborn daughter. Speak to your children that God will keep them. God will uphold them by the word of his power. All of them shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of our children. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We magnify your holy name. We thank you. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.